Well, we're talking about remembering and reflecting. Can anybody remember Christmas? <laughs> Which one? Yes, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> yes. It's only a few weeks ago. And we were celebrating Christmas. All those stacks of presents to be opened. The mountain of food waiting to be eaten. It's almost like Christmas has been, has been if I can put it, unwrapped. Christmas has been unwrapped and the presents have been given out. The food's all gone. The celebrations have passed and the new year is upon us already. Well, it's not upon us, we're in it. The new year is underway. Our need to look back seems to be part of who we are. It seems to be part of our makeup. We all look back. And maybe the older we get, the further we look back because we are able to look further back because we're older. We look back because we seem to want to for some reason. And I wonder whether it's part of our psyche. Did God give us that as part of our psyche? Because if you look at the Bible, God often tells us to look back and remember. Look back and reflect on what has happened. Look back on how God has been with you in those moments. So yes, I wonder, is looking back, reflection, a gift from God? I'm sure it is, really. Otherwise, he wouldn't keep telling us to do it, would he? In our reading from Philippians, we find the Apostle Paul in prison in Rome. Sorry, no, Paul, sorry. See, I've got to look back and remember what I'm supposed to be telling you. We find Peter in prison in Rome. And he's got a lot of time to reflect. The church at Philippi has sent Epaphrodites. He's come with a gift and he's come with news of what's going on in the church. After hearing the news, Paul decides to write to encourage the church family and to give them some instruction. False teachers were travelling between the churches, telling the people that they didn't only need faith in Christ, they needed to follow the law in all its minutest detail. And this made Paul, I think, quite angry. Now I want you to try and put your mind back to where Paul was in Rome, in his prison. Can you imagine what the room was like? Can you see Epaphroditus there with him? Do you see Paul striding up and down? Or do you see him sitting quietly, reflecting, thinking about the church? Maybe thinking about the false teachers that are around, telling the people that they don't need just faith in Christ alone. They need to follow the law of Moses. And I wonder whether he's walking up and down or whether he's sitting in his chair or whether he's sitting on a bench. Who knows what he was doing? We don't know. But I wonder if he didn't reflect back and think about himself. Because if you think back, There was a time in Paul's life 
when he persecuted the church. Do you remember? All those were being arrested. He was on his way to Damascus to arrest some more. And en route, he came face to face with the risen saviour. I wonder when he reflected about these false teachers, whether he had any analogy of what he was. Well, I think he did. Because in verses 4 and 6, 4 to 6, in our reading, he wrote this. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. You see, he is thinking, isn't he? He's reflecting back on what he did. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. What Paul is basically saying given my pedigree of what I was and how zealous I was, you would have thought I could have worked out that all I needed was Christ Jesus. But he says, no, I I was blind to it. I was so locked in to the detail of the law that I couldn't see God clearly in there and what God was saying. See how important it is to look back and learn from the past. And Paul looked back and he saw that he was a persecutor of the church. And because he was, he was then able to use the knowledge that he now had to teach the people. And that really is what God is saying to us. Have I got lost in the detail of your life? Have I got lost in the detail of all that you're doing? Or have you looked back and seen my hand on you in recent times? He says in verse 8, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And then he goes on to say, for whose sake I have lost all things. He gave up everything to work for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now God's not asking us to do that necessarily. But what he is saying to us through these verses is how serious are you about your journey with me? How serious are you about following me? Looking back will teach us two things. It will teach us how strong we are in some ways and how weak we are. In other words, it will teach us our strengths and our weaknesses and we need to know them. Because if we don't know what we're good at and we don't know what we're bad at, How can we ask the Lord to help us improve? The Bible challenges in Romans, isn't it, to take a really hard, close look at yourself and not to pretend things are okay. It doesn't put it quite like that, but that's what it means. 
in verses 13 and 14 of our reading from Philippians, Paul writes this. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. For one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What Paul is trying to tell us here is not to forget what happened. He's saying forget it. And I think he's pointing towards what happens to some people. Some people can get so paralysed by their fear that they're not going to be good enough. They get paralysed because they think they keep failing. And some go the opposite way. Some feel such a sense of success that they say, well, I've made it. I'm there. I have nothing else to learn. There's nothing else to do. I've achieved perfection for God. I've never met anybody like that. And I've never met anybody who claims that. But if we look back thinking we're paralysed because we failed, there must be those who are the other way. There must be. Life experience tells me that. But if any of you in this room feel paralysed or put down because you don't think you've done enough for God or you've, or you've let him down somehow, let me tell you not to be. Let me tell you to think about those times and use them to go forward. God's an encourager. He doesn't put you down. One thing you have to remember is that our journey, our journey with God is one of learning. And sometimes we pastors use an illustration of when you come to Christ, you're like a baby that's just been born. And that's easy for me because I said I like things simple. So when I came to Christ, I was like a newborn baby. And I grow up, I become a toddler, I become a teenager and a pain for everybody around me. And then I go into young adulthood and then I go on and I grow and I grow through the ages until ultimately I will be mature and with my Heavenly Father. And so that tells me that we are what I define as a work in progress. We're a work in progress I don't know if you've heard this description before, but that's what we are. And that takes me back to one little incident many, many years ago, um, before I was called to serve the Lord. I was walking through a factory, and there was these great big sheets of steel. I mean, honestly, they were up to the height of the ceiling from the ground, and they were wider than my arms could stretch. And we were doing an audit of all the metalwork in the warehouse. And somebody said to me, what do you make of this one, Bob? And I said, it's got a hole in it. <laughs> he said, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I said, it's got a hole in it. He said, well, what is it then? I said, well, it's a bit of metal with a hole in the middle. He said, come on, concentrate. We're doing an audit. And he said to me, it's work in progress. So work has been carried out on the, this big piece of steel and obviously, for auditing purposes, there was a cost involved. I won't go into all of that. Um, but it's a work in progress. And we're a bit like that, aren't we? We've got holes all over the place where um, we, God has been working on us and he's, he's trimmed us down nicely. He's took out all the dodgy bits and he's replacing it all. We're like a work in progress. We won't ever get complete this side of heaven. 
But the good news is that we've got a very, very special helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. And he helps us every day in our lives as we develop in our progress towards perfection, which we will not achieve this side of heaven. Now, I was doing another reflection when I was preparing this message this morning, and I don't know why I went back to my school days. <laughs> it may have been something George said to me recently about school reports. And I thought, oh, yes, that's, that actually is quite interesting because can you think back to your school reports? I mean, I'm not asking you to tell me what they said, but there was a good chance they had could try harder, needs more effort, does well in subjects he likes. Do you remember your school reports? Did they have any of that on them? Now I wonder, I wonder if God was to do a year-end report for you and me, what he would put on it. What do you reckon? <laughs> I can see a few nodded heads. You, you're actually with me now, aren't you? I wonder what God would put on my report. Well, that's personal. <laughs> um, I hope you'd find somewhere to put something nice, but I'm sure the list of what needs to be improved is down there, and maybe I've got one or two things right through the course of the year. But one thing we know, that any report from God wouldn't be a put-down. God's not like that. He would tell us the truth about ourselves. And he will tell us the truth about what he wants changed in our lives. And he'll say to us, look back. Do you remember when you did that? Do you remember when you said that? Do you remember when you didn't do that and you didn't say that? Again, I want you to learn from that, he'll say. I want you to look back and learn from that. So I'll give you a grade whatever for that. But I want to build you up and encourage you. And this is what God does through the work of the Holy Spirit. He gets us to look back into last year. And then he says to us, right, I'm going to help you work through this year so that when I do your report at the end of this year, maybe there won't be quite so many down this side and there might be a few more down that side. In the letter Peter wrote, his second letter, 2 Peter 1 verse 3, he says this. And this is really important for you and me. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God has given us everything we need to achieve, if I can use that phrase. We don't need anything else. God has given it to us already. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit will help us to use that power that God has given us so that we become more like Christ every day. And the more like Christ we become, the more useful to God we become. And who knows? One day, you may hear something to remind you of a situation that you were involved in. We had a little incident very, very recently, in the latter few days. Um, it, was, it was such a cheering, it was... We'd been involved in, in someone's life many years ago. And, you know, people come in your life and they go out, don't they? You say things to them, you encourage them, and then they move on in their own lives. And we were really privileged just to get a little tiny bit of feedback that 
the little involvement we'd had in life had actually borne fruit. And that was really lovely to hear. Now, I don't say that to big ourselves up. I'm saying that to encourage you because you don't know whose life you're touching. You don't know by how much power you're transmitting to them. You really don't know. And for the most people, you won't know this side of glory. But every now and again, I pray that God will give you a little glimpse of somebody's life who was changed in some way because you had an involvement in that. And that's really lovely to hear. And so I pray God will do that for you, perhaps this year, just to help build you up and encourage you. Let's just summarise where we are. Christmas has come and gone. The new year is upon us. And it's all at this time of year that we need to look back and reflect. Let's use that reflection to go forward positively. We're a work in progress. And as such, we've got to keep moving forward. Let's not stand still. Let's hope that when God does our end-of-year report, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And then finally, let's remember those lovely words from Peter, which encourages us that God has given us his divine power and has provided us with everything we need for a godly life. Looking back, he's good, only if we use it as a springboard for the future. Looking back is good only if we use it as a springboard for the future. May God bless that to your hearts and encourage you in this new year.